Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. Hellgate pushed Butte to the brink, and Belgrade finally broke through. Hello, I am Coulter Duanez. Football games for teams in both the Western and Eastern AA played out on Thursday. In the Mining City, Connor Dick threw for 243 yards and rushed for 148, but Butte outlasted Missoula Hellgate 30-27. The win moves the Bulldogs to 6-2 with a regular season finale from Naranchi Stadium on Thursday night against defending state champion Missoula Sentinel upcoming. Hellgate is now 2-5 with a road game to Kalispell Glacier remaining for its regular season. Belgrade is in its third year playing Class AA football, and on Thursday they earned a 24-20 victory over Billings Skyview. The win is just the second at the AA level for the Panthers. Tonight in Missoula, Sentinel hosts yet another challenging opponent. The top-ranked Spartans are undefeated again and sporting a 16-game winning streak dating back to the beginning of last season. Tonight, Sentinel hosts Helena Capital, third-ranked team in Class AA. The Bruins are 5-2 this season and have been red hot the last couple weeks, drilling Butte 43-3 in the Mining City two weeks ago before blasting Hellgate 40 Eight to six last week. Missoula Big Sky is on the road this week, taking on fourth-ranked Helena High. The Eagles are looking to bounce back from last week's 35-0 loss to Sentinel. And around the valley, Hamilton, the top-ranked team in Class A, faces Libby on the road, while Polson heads up to Browning. Florence, the top-ranked team in Class B, plays at Whitehall. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. This is actually so fitting and uh, also just so coincidental 
As I was driving down I-15 to Ogden, Utah, from Missoula, I saw a couple billboards for a Naughty by Nature concert uh, at a place upcoming, and uh, it, it, it happened to be in Fort Hall, Idaho, <laughs> which is Fort right, Hall. What? Right, which is right past Pocatello on I-15. But turns out there's a, a big casino there because Fort Hall is right in the middle. Uh, of an Indian reservation, and Shoshone uh, Bannock Casino Hotel. They host concerts. But when we were first driving by, I was laughing, thinking, man, Naughty by Nature, first of all, I can't believe they're still performing. But second of all, I can't believe they're going to perform anywhere in Idaho. But then I realized, okay, it's actually like a casino a venue. But uh, hilarious. Where, where are you at, Rajin, with Naughty by Nature? Son, I'm, I'm all about them. They were a great transition group. Um, getting away from some of the more Afrocentric hip-hop that translated into some of the early party anthems and party themes that hip-hop branched away from since then. Rajim Seabrook in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. It's Nuanas Now, your Friday hip-hop review, but also talking all things sports and all things football specifically today. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Coming to you live from Stewart Stadium here in Ogden, Utah. Rajim, he is in the Northwest Motorsports studio. So appreciate him being in there. We're going to get to a whole bunch of different tacking points when it comes to the wide world of football across the state of Montana and just in the world at large. We missed anything in the first hour of the show. We heard from Missoula Sentinel head coach Dane Oliver. We heard from Missoula Big Sky head coach Matt Johnson. We also talked some NFL and I also tackle a little Grizz football, a little Bobcat football. So basically, we're going to just rinse and repeat that in this hour. But if you want to hear anything from the first hour of the show, just check out the podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sportsbet Montana. Rajim, I got a broad question for you before we get into talking a little bit about this game I'm about to cover a little later on. Uh, it seems as if there's this massive stratification in football, particularly at the FCS level of college football, and especially in the state of Montana right now with high school football. It seems like there's a, a large tier of teams that are really, really good in AA, and then there's some teams that seem like they have no chance. And every weekend, we're seeing scores. 48 nothing, 49 to 6, 54 to nothing, 63 to 7. You know, it's just blowout, blowout, blowout. So, two part question Is there a reason why we've sort of seen this stratification in the class AA ranks of high school football? And two, though, I, I mean, no one wants to see blowouts, but that's not really that good for the psychology of kids or the building of programs, right? Well, I agree. It isn't good for the psychology, but what people look, they they don't look at kind of the nuts and bolts, sort of like how you, you have to break it down, why the Grizz uh, started sluggish in the last segment. Let's break this down the same way. In the last couple of years, we've had almost an eruption of schools across Montana uh, on multiple levels, especially the, the, the A and the AA level. So now uh, Belgrade's come in. There's the second, gra the second class in Bozeman. We have East Helena on the A level. Um, we have these schools that are just growing, but also then take away from the powerhouses. Bozeman has been greatly impacted by uh, the two schools now bracketing the town, so to say. Uh, so what we have is we just we have schools that are just loaded and some that have been gutted due to opening of schools. Then you have some, and this is crazy because I had this conversation with a co-worker today, then you have a place like Missoula where if you want to play a certain sport, you're going to go to a certain school. So the open enrollment shifts 
greatly across the board year by year in places like Missoula or a place like Billings, which, and, uh, you know, another big town that has multiple schools that you can kind of pick and choose from if you're not feeling a spot. So those, uh, even though that sounds wonky from a social political perspective, it impacts your programs, it impacts your education, it impacts your sports across the board. So those are some of the factors that, that contribute to blowouts when you lose so much by gaining new programs. It's so true. The, the parity is accentuated by the expansion. We've seen this in pro sports all the way down through high school sports for sure. Mm-hmm. What do you think of open enrollment? I think people should be allowed to have their choices. I'm not opposed to open enrollment. I do think that there needs to be, I don't know, some sort of guideline or borderline because people are transferring more now so than ever for athletics as opposed to academics and you're a student first you're an athlete second and people's priorities are kind of mixed up from that perspective however from a social or academic standpoint if you are better suited to go to big sky than you are to go to hellgate then transfer at will and make that a make that you know decision based upon your need and or want um but the one thing that I've seen that open enrollment takes away from is historically having school pride, like knowing the Sentinels this, Hellgate's that, Big Sky is this way. From year to year, the demographics and the faces change, so you never get like historical rival rivalries the way you used to. You don't have the same buildup because the kid is there for ninth and tenth grade, then they're gone for eleventh and twelfth, and it changes the whole complexion of things. Such an interesting point. When you, when you overlay it with academics, right? Because I remember when I was in high school in Missoula that, for example, the Hellgate band program was phenomenal. And I was in band, and I wanted to, you know, excel in that activity, you know, that, that extracurricular. And uh, I actually even contemplated maybe going to Hellgate uh, for a minute. And uh, then... I ended up not because we got a great band teacher there at, at Big Sky. But I guess what I'm saying is there's a lot of scrutiny over athletes sometimes that are going to pursue their favorite extracurricular, but maybe not necessarily as much from an academic level. So I think maybe it's just not as even of a playing field when it comes to the scrutiny that a lot of the, the kids and, and then just the programs the schools receive. Yeah, it's it's uh, the potato-potato uh, proxy. And it, what's sometimes good for the goose isn't always good for the gander, but it's it's a constant, you know, not to overuse the word from moments ago, It's a, there's a that dichotomy again of we want to do this, but we got to do that, but it's got to be open for athletics, the same thing for academics. It's kind of a weird thing. I, I just think it takes away from community. I think it, it takes away from um, programs overall, and it just it takes away from the culture sometimes of, of being able to you kind of grind out where you're at. But in this day and age of personal choice and personal preference, it's just also reflective and indicative of where the world is as well. Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Radio. I'm Coulter Nuanas. I'm sitting here on a beautiful evening along the Wasatch Front. Beautiful drive all the way from Missoula all the way through. Dillon, I mean, what an awesome place of country that that is, man. All the way through down here was spectacular day, really fun uh, to just experience this part of the world again for the first time in a little while. And uh, appreciate everybody here being with us here on Nuanas Now. Rajim Seabrook is in studio there in Missoula. It is Nuanas Now. 
on ESPN Radio. And, Rajim, uh, this game tonight between Weber State and Montana State, a big one. Montana State's rolling right now. They've mm-hmm. won five in a row. Weber State, a, the four-time defending Big Sky Conference champions, they're off to a 2-3 and three start. A little bit of a caveat because they did play Utah. They played James Madison, the number two team in the entire FCS when they played them, and uh, UC Davis, which is number eight in the country when they came to Ogden and posted a win. But it's a big game for Weber State and uh, a big game for Montana State, too, because this could be sort of the first statement victory of Brent Vegan's career if the Bobcats can come out on top, at least in a league game, and that uh, could be sort of a launching point for Weber State if they're going to make another run uh, at a Big Sky title. So, uh, Rajim, your thoughts on this game I'm about to cover tonight. Um, I'm excited. I'll be brutally honest. I love when, we, when you have more than one uh, Big Sky team ranked nationally. It, it draws attention to what I think is one of the best conferences in America. Uh, I love this matchup. Uh, what I don't like is what you noted upon a couple of segments ago, the injuries. It kind of takes away from this game, but one man down is the next man up. So uh, it's a statement game for both programs going into the, the, the latter half of of. of, of uh, their respective seasons. I'm a, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think Montana State's just going to continue to jab them up. Um, I'm not sure if the injuries sustained on uh, Weber State side of the ball are going to be able to k- keep up with the the ferocity and the intensity that the Bobcats have been displaying, especially in the last three weeks. What? Montana State has looked really good, uh, particularly really good. They, they they are mean. They're talented. They fly to the football. I think their schematic changes have been tremendous. I think that Freddie Banks. Uh, the new defensive coordinator at MSU is going to be a star. I think Taylor Housewright has been very good as the offensive coordinator as well. They, I mean, they have young coordinators that are doing a really good job uh, putting their guys in position to succeed. Uh, but Weaver State, I mean, you're the champions until you're not the champions anymore. So Correct. Uh, it's definitely going to be a battle for both of these teams. Earlier this week, I caught up with George Tarlis. I actually initially thought that this interview would just be used on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast. Uh, but it was a very interesting one. George Tarlis is a guy that people on the Big Sky Conference have gotten to know the last couple of years. He's an all-Big Sky defensive end for Weber State. He burst on the scene in 2019, an ankle injury to Adam Rodriguez, who was an All-American defensive lineman at Weber State, gave Tarlis a little bit of a chance in the lineup. And he went out and had a couple sacks against Idaho, and he was the Big Sky Conference Defensive Player of the Week his first week in the starting lineup. He ended up finishing as a third-team All-Big Sky selection on a defensive line that had, I think, three other All-Big Sky guys. And he wasn't even really a quote-unquote full-time starter, yet he was still an All-League player. That's the talent he's got. But this guy has an unbelievable amount of upside as well. He is from Greece. He did not move to America until he was a sophomore or junior in high school. He had only played basketball and soccer. He had never played football. And so then when he started playing football uh, in high school in the Boise area, his acceleration has been very rapid. And now here he is, a 6'4", 265-pound defensive end who's one of the best in the country at the FCS level. And I just thought his life of football, his journey, a very interesting one. So earlier this week, as part of the Big Sky Breakdown presented by Skyline Sports, I caught up with Weber State defensive end George Tarlis. Very good, man. Thanks for taking a minute for me. Of course, anytime. So, uh, Paul, I told you, but I run Skyline Sports. We cover the whole Big Sky Conference. So, we're coming down to the game on on Friday, so excited for it. So, uh, we'll just talk a little Montana State, a little about your story and uh, everything in between. Okay, sounds good. Big Sky Breakdown rolls on. SkylineSportsMT.com. Happy now. 
to be joined by Weber State junior defensive end George Tarlis here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Weber State hosts Montana State Friday night in Ogden, Utah. And George, we'll just start with the most broad of broad questions. You guys haven't played the Bobcats in a little while. It's been since 2018 since you played MSU. So what are your initial thoughts on this matchup against Montana State? Uh, definitely a lot of film preparation. <laughs> like you say, we haven't played them in a while, so we got to watch a lot of film and break them down so we can get used to what they like to do. Very interesting to think of just the dynamics of these two teams because two definitely are the most physical teams in the league. And I know the last time there was a matchup in 2018, it was a physical game. Uh, but both these teams like to win in similar fashions. You know, run the ball, play defense, execute on special teams, all that sort of stuff. But when you know that the other team is going to bring it physically, when they're going to be sort of going to match you from that standpoint, how does that uh, impact the way that you consider the game or the way that you would prepare for the game mentally? Uh, in a mental aspect, you definitely prepare that you're going to war. You're not just going to go to a game and be a lot of pass and go tackle the quarterback. You know what I mean? So you have to be disciplined with your gaps and be as physical as you can and have good footwork and all of that together. But mentally, we're preparing that we're going to war. It's not just going to be any of the game to win. Let's talk about the start for Weber State because you guys have played – one of the toughest, if not the toughest, schedules in the country. Already played two top ten FCS teams as well as Utah as well. And so sitting here at two and three, uh, but comes with a little bit of a caveat because you have played such a tough schedule. So what have you thought of just the start for your team so far? Uh, there's definitely things that we can improve on, and those games kind of rung the bell for us, and we saw early what we need to work on. And I feel like we've been getting better at practice too, and there's that confidence of, you know, you mess up once and then you learn how to fix it and then you mess up on something else and then you learn how to fix that. So it's little things we can fix. That's the good part. And the other good part is that it happened early in the season and we have the opportunity to take on and be better. Well, that's one of the best parts about this level is when you lose – it's not. First of all, it's not really an if. It's a, almost a win because no one's going to really go undefeated because the Big Sky Conference is so tough and this FCS level is so tough. But uh, how you respond after you lose seems to be the key to uh, almost every team's season. So um, do you guys consider that? I mean, how do you feel right now with the three losses? Do you feel like uh, you guys have some pressure on you to continue to win out if you want to make a playoff run? Or how are you guys approaching this just because uh, you, you guys still have a lot out in front of you as a team? Right, there's definitely a lot of pressure. I mean, our team goals are higher than two and three, but um, that just forces us to be more locked in. And like I said, there's things that we can fix, and it's not like something like the other team was just better than us, you know what I mean? So it's something we can work on as a whole team and get better, and two and three is not going to do it. So I feel like it's putting pressure on everybody to just be better, shop early, watch film, and just have a better week. What do you think of just the way that the dynamic of Weber State has changed? You're now an older guy on the team, and uh, I know you had a lot of great guys both in the defensive line room but also just in the locker room as well. But what's different about this Weber team? What do you think sort of defines you guys as a group? Uh, I want to say our chemistry as a whole team has changed a little bit more because we, we had a big class. My class was, I feel like it was one of the biggest ones, and everybody's more getting along together with everybody else on and off the field. And, you know, when we step on the field, we feel like 
a family. You, we trust each other. We don't, we're not worried about if they're going to mess up or whatever. You trust each other, and it's just a, a different feeling as far as that. But as far as offense and defense and special teams, I feel like we're doing a better job focusing on our weapons and taking advantage of what we could do the best. George Charles joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Big Sky Breakdown presented in part by Alpine Touch. George, let's talk a little bit about your story. Uh, you were originally born in Greece, right? So when did you first move to America? Uh, first moved to America when I was uh, 16 years old. And I uh, did my junior year and my senior year in Idaho. So did you have any uh, any comprehension of what football was before you came to America? No, I didn't, actually. I thought they were talking about soccer. <laughs> and I, did, <laughs> I didn't even know it was seasonal with the sports in high school. And so I was just trying to play basketball, but football was first. And I was thinking, okay, I can stay in shape and practice and then play the game and then be ready for the basketball season. But, yeah. What did you first think of the game of football when you first started playing it? Because, I mean, for those that have had it in their lives forever, it, it doesn't. it's still a very complicated sport, but it, it probably was just such a weird experience to, to experience playing the sport for the first time when you never really experienced it at all. Yeah, so me being a basketball player, it kind of was really surprising when you can just hit people and not get an offensive foul or, you know what I mean, a, a foul with your body, so... I love that part where you can just hit people and not get in trouble. But just from the sport, the coaches made it simple because I had no really huge IQ about football. So they just told me, if the guy steps down, you go down with him. If he steps out, don't let him reach you. And simple things like that. I think that's interesting, too, that you didn't have much background in it because I think that I guess, would you say that you've accelerated rapidly? I mean, it seems like you've gotten pretty good at the sport, even though you've only played it for a couple of years. Yes, that's definitely the case because, you know, me wanting to play professional basketball coming from Greece, I was I was willing to put in the work and get better at what I do. So football was the case. So I decided to put in all my commitment and time every day to learn more about the sport and it's just every game I play and every practice I play, I, I get that feeling of, oh, my God, I need to practice more. I love this feeling. Of, like, I'm learning. I'm learning. And it's just it's accelerating pretty fast. Do you think your basketball background helped you as well? Oh, definitely. Just filling the space and being able to drop in coverage while I play defensive end and just filling everything, kind of making calculated risks. I feel like that's one of the most important ones. And when you were first getting recruited uh, from your high school in Idaho, what sold you on Weber State, and what have you thought of just sort of uh, coming of age as a football player there in Ogden? Uh, so Weber State came to me, and I looked him up because, honestly, coming from Greece, I didn't know where Weber was at all. And it looked like a solid tool, and I loved it. When I came here on my visit and everything, everything was really good, and I figured, okay, it's a full-ride scholarship. I need to take advantage of it and try to go for my next goal, which was play professionally. 
What's been the most challenging part about chasing that goal? I mean, I obviously playing defensive end, it takes a lot of toughness. It also takes a lot of hard work to get physically strong enough and big enough to play that spot as well. But for you, what's been the most challenging part? Um, being patient, <laughs> uh, not, not trying to do too many things. Cause like I said earlier from basketball, I've, I have this secret skill in my head where I can just say things and I like to peek and it just, I have to be a little more patient, a little more poised in the middle of the plays and be able to make the right decision without, you know, making a mistake. How much do you think just the coaching staff there at Weber State has helped you with that? I mean, it seems like Jay Hill is a phenomenal defensive-minded coach, and you've had some great position coaches as well. So uh, how much has that helped just your acclimation to the game? A lot. Like, at this point of my level where I'm here, I've been here for four years, we don't necessarily talk so much about technique. We talk about the little things like that, being patient on the line of scrimmage or, you know, not, not blowing your gaps to do something else. And it's, they're really good with that, definitely. Well, we'll finish up with you with this then, George. On Friday night, first of all, what do you think of the opportunity of playing on ESPN on Friday night? That's probably pretty cool for you and your teammates. It is. It is pretty cool, and I'm excited for it. I can't wait. And last thing for you then, what will be the key? I mean, what do you expect the game to be like? How do you expect it to play out against Montana State? What would be the key if we were state is to get a big victory over a top-10 team? Well, like we said, it's going to be a physical war, and we just have to go punch him in the mouth. You're always going to have a plan, but you're going to get punched in the mouth, and you just have to adjust to it and keep going. So it's going to come down to it's going to be the toughest. Well, I love stories that are uh, outside of the box. I love unorthodox stories like yours, and that's awesome. So thanks so much for sharing your story with us today, George. We appreciate it, and best of luck on Friday. Thank you. So there you go, George Tarlis, defensive end from Weber State, joining us here on Nuanas Now. Speaking of Weber State, I'm sitting front and center, Stewart Stadium, right here on the 50-yard line from the beautiful press box here on the Weber State campus. Montana State versus Weber State, about two and a half hours away, 8 p.m. kickoff between the number nine-ranked Bobcats, number 18-ranked Weber State. Rajim Seabrook, he's back in studio and uh, he, he's got some questions for me. So, Rajiv, first and foremost, what do you want to know about this game from my perspective? Well, why I wasn't asked to be with you on this road trip, brother. <laughs> I know. I should have That's what you. I want to know. Well, I, I want to travel and see the foliage between here and Dillon and Dillon down to Utah. That's what I want to know. Well, a couple you, other people want to know that, too. That's my first question. You got your question. But in relation to this game, my friend, uh, we'll, we'll deal with this um, Weber uh, State strength of schedule. If you look at who they've played, bode well for them in regards to who the Bobcats have played. How do the strength of schedules match up to favor Weber State over Montana State despite the disparity in their rankings? That's such a good question because that's something we've been talking about all week, both here on Nuanas now as well as on the Big Sky Breakdown. The dynamic between, as you know, as somebody that coaches kids, young people, when they're confident, perform the best. That is the best thing that they can have is confidence. Winning and winning handily, particularly against overmatched opponents, certainly breeds a, a level of confidence. That said, being tested against the best of the best also breeds a certain level of confidence. There's also the concept of momentum. Montana State has a ton of momentum right now because it's not just that they've played 
sort of a soft schedule these last handful of weeks. But they've been taking care of these teams so efficiently. I mean, this is like bam, bam, here we go. I mean, it's uh, 35 nothing at halftime, 42 nothing in the first series of the third quarter, and the starters are out. So they've been taking some tread off the tra- tires for some of their headlining guys. They've also been executing at an incredibly high level despite the opponent just uh, absolutely taking care of business and looking really, really solid. But that said, how does Brent Vegan and his staff react when they get punched in the mouth? Because as George Tarlis, Weaver State defensive end, just said, this is going to be a brawl. I mean, this is going to be one of the most physical games of the year in the Big Sky period. That's what these two teams, Montana State and Weaver State, are built upon. Uh, that's what how they want to win. Also, another thing I'm so interested in is – how does Montana State react when Weber State makes the game ugly? Because Weber loves to play ugly. Jay Hill mm-hmm. loves to beat you in all the different ways. He loves to beat you with his defense and his run game and his special teams. So uh, I, I, I'm so interested in it because, like you said, Weber has played a dynamite schedule. They have, they are way more battle-tested. But how does that cater then to their confidence and momentum? Because Montana State has a ton of confidence and momentum as well. So uh, what else you got in this matchup, Rajiv? Well, I'm going to segue uh, off of something that you just said. He loves to beat them at any opponent in all three facets. But we always know that defense wins championships and offense scores points. But special teams, to me, is always one of the most underrated and basically underserved aspects of football. On Friday night, MSU was tasked with stopping one of the best in the history of the FCS in what I think is one of the coolest names ever in Rashid Shahid. Uh, almost sounds like Ali Shahid Muhammad from A Tribe Called Quest. Often confused for this whole part. But <laughs> how do you contain a guy who, with one more, breaks and shatters the FCS record? He's done it against big-time opponents. He's done it against small-time opponents. But at the end of the day, he's just done it. The component of this game added on to the wrinkle of, of what Weber State can present how does MSU stop a very potent aspect of the special teams from this university? Nuanas now, Rajim Seabrook in studio. Coulter Nuanas from Ogden, Utah. That is a great question as well, Rajim, because you're right. Weaver State has been the cream of the crop when it comes to Big Sky Conference teams on special teams. Rashid Shahid is absolutely one of the great returners in the history of the Big Sky Conference and the FCS. Like you said, he's taken them back against everybody. He even housed one against Utah this year, so he has done it at the absolute highest level. I had so many question marks about Montana State special teams coming into this 2021 season. Jeff Choate, the former Bobcat head coach, high acumen when it comes to special teams. He was the special teams coordinator at Boise State and Florida and Washington. So he had uh, some chops when it comes to coaching special teams. Montana State also, they knew they were implementing some freshman specialists in Bryce Layton, a former high school All-American punter from Camas, Washington, and then Blake Glesner. And both of those guys have been lights out so far. So that, the operation of the actual specialists, that question was cured for me pretty early on because Weber State, excuse me, Montana State, their young specialists have been so good. But the other decision that Brett Vegan made when B.J. Robertson, uh, special teams coordinator and uh, director of football oper- uh, high school operations, excuse me, at MSU. When he stepped away uh, to go be in the private sector, Brett Vega did not hire another special teams coach. Instead, his coaches took on different duties when it comes to coaching special teams. I thought that was a grave error when it first happened. It hasn't been a grave error. In fact, Montana State has been exceptional on special teams, especially covering kicks. But the thing that they've been doing that I find unorthodox but also maybe trend-setting, they play all their dudes on special teams. Like, they, their kick team 
features Jeffrey Manning, who's one of their starting safeties, Ty Okada, who's one of their starting safeties, Trey Webb, who's one of their starting safeties, uh, Daniel Hardy, who's a starting defensive end. I mean, they got multiple one or twos in terms of their defensive depth chart, running down and covering kicks, so they're putting the best dudes on the field. So, that said, it is still going to be a huge challenge. I think that it's a grave error to ever kick to Rashid Shaheed. I mean, he's got seven kick returns for touchdowns. He's the, one of the best to ever do it at any level of college football. So I don't really know if you can risk giving it to him. But uh, it's going to be an interesting battle because Montana State's special teams has fully exceeded expectations uh, so far this season. It's Nuanas now, 102.9 ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. We're going to talk more college football and some high school matchups of the week as well. Get you all prepped up for the Grizz side of things, which Rajim will be on the pregame broadcast with Ryan Tutel tomorrow. Let's go. So keep it right here. It's at ESPN Radio Nuanas now back after this. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Hellgate pushed Butte to the brink, and Belgrade finally broke through. Hello, I am Coulter Duanez. Football games for teams in both the Western and Eastern AA played out on Thursday. In the Mining City, Connor Dick threw for 243 yards and rushed for 148, but Butte outlasted Missoula Hellgate 30-27. The win moves the Bulldogs to 6-2 with a regular season finale from Naranchi Stadium on Thursday night against defending state champion Missoula Sentinel upcoming. Hellgate is now 2-5 with a road game to Kalispell Glacier remaining for its regular season. Belgrade is in its third year playing Class AA football, and on Thursday they earned a 24-20 victory over Billings Skyview. The win is just the second at the AA level for the Panthers. Tonight in Missoula, Sentinel hosts yet another challenging opponent. The top-ranked Spartans are undefeated again and sporting a 16-game winning streak dating back to the beginning of last season. Tonight, Sentinel hosts Helena Capital, third-ranked team in Class AA. The Bruins are 5-2 this season and have been red-hot the last couple weeks, drilling Butte 43-3 in the Mining City two weeks ago before blasting Hellgate 40 to six last week. Missoula Big Sky is on the road this week, taking on fourth-ranked Helena High. The Eagles are looking to bounce back from last week's 35-0 loss to Sentinel. And around the valley, Hamilton, the top-ranked team in Class A, faces Libby on the road, while Polson heads up to Browning. Florence, the top-ranked team in Class B, plays at Whitehall. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Picture me rolling. Man. Oh, 
I made the show outlines earlier this week because I knew I was hitting the road. And I forgot what I had played today, and I'm just making myself so happy. Welcome back in. New One is now 1029 ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter New One is coming to you live from Ogden, Utah, sitting at the 50-yard line here at Stewart Stadium. Beautiful press box here at Weber State. Appreciate everybody down here at Weber for setting us up and always giving us such good hospitality. I think it's the second Nuanas now we've done here in just the last couple of months because I was down here for the Big Sky Track and Field Championships and Softball Championships earlier as well. Hope you're having a great Friday. How could it be any better? You're kicking it with your guys, Rajim Seabrook and me, and you're listening to some Tupac here on a Friday. Rajim, Andrew's been wanting me to ask you this for a long time. I know you, you are a hip-hop aficionado. Who yes. are your top five, dead or alive, on the uh, when it comes to hip-hop artists? That's hard because uh, you can break that down to a couple of different things. You, there's hip-hop duos, there's hip-hop trios, and then there's hip-hop groups. Um, and then there's just straight MCs that have come across as their own. So my favorite hip-hop trio of all time and probably my favorite hip-hop artist of all time overall De La Soul, um, hands down um, great lyricist not always about the music, you had to actually listen to him and not just sit there and bop your head and want to just hit the hooks in the chorus um, also big fan of Wu-Tang as you know, huge fan of Gangstar, aka Guru and DJ Premier um, as far as old school Arab and Rakim, uh, big fan of Nas, Biggie like one of my favorite favorites um but yeah that's that's where my heart lies as far as in the realm of hip-hop and anything off the native uh tongue family so tribe call quest jungle brothers black sheep queen latifah and everything under the sun in that realm so there it is and answers andrew's question this is why music is so awesome man because i don't even need to know anything else about you i know that i want to be your friend just by what you just said let alone all the other things that make it great being your friend so you gotta love it i miss you brother (laughs) (laughs) i gotta love the way that music brings us together for sure let's dive into some uh prep football because we gave you the previews of the missoula schools tonight Mm -hmm. by the way if you missed the memo hellgate last night took butte down the wire so a little bit of a surprising result on a short week but the bulldogs they do come away with a 30 to 27 victory over the knights but the Knights, I don't know. I guess let's start there, Reggie, because we talked about Big Sky and Sentinel's games tonight. Sentinel hosting Hell in the Capital, and uh, Big Sky uh, is wh- – who's Big Sky got again? I forget. Oh, Big Sky's got Helena. They're, they're traveling. Helena. They have, uh, they have uh, Helena High. Yeah, to, to, to play. Go play Mr. Hewitt. But your thoughts on Hellgate, because I know Sentinel didn't get to play Hellgate this year, an, an unfortunate cancellation because of, you know, the state of affairs, the world at large. Uh, but Hellgate, right now they're 2 and 5 but they can throw the football as well as almost anybody in the state. And so I just think they're going to be a team that teams are not going to really want to play uh, when it comes to the, the playoffs early on just because they are an explosive offense. So what, do you have a take on Hellgate this year? To me, Hellgate is in the West is a scary team. For that alone, they can – they can fight in the in the gunfight. They can they can outpoint you offensively. Uh, Mr. Dick back there, the quarterback at the helmet, quarterback is just lights out. Not only through the air, but on the ground as well. Like he, that is a very dynamic dual threat quarterback, and he is young, which means he's going to add. And if you know his father, 
and I know you know who I'm talking about. If you know his father, the boy's going to put on some muscle. And if you know his sister, Lauren, it, athleticism is just runs through this family. So right now, Hellgate in another year or two are going to be dangerous just because of who's that quarterback. Um, they get a couple more pieces and learn how to play better, more controlled and disciplined defense, and they catch up with that offense, man. Hellgate might make some noise in another year or two. No question. This is our Prep Extra brought to you by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank has been enriching lives of Montanans since 1907. A couple other good games around the state tonight, Rajim. First and foremost, Great Falls High plays at Billings Senior. The Bronx mm-hmm. coming off of a 30 to nothing loss at Billings West. And Senior, who started out really well, uh, they've been sort of up and down lately. Whereas Great Falls High, who started out terrible, they lost their first four games. They've won three in a row now, and they're right back in the mix. And so I know there hasn't been any crossover with those two teams for you. So we'll move on to the second great game out east, and that is Billings West playing at Great Falls CMR. CMR lost last week to Bozeman, probably the shocking result of the week last week in AA. Yes, sir. West has not lost since they lost at Washington Grizzly Stadium to Missoula Sentinel to open the year. So what do you think of that West Rustlers game? That seems like a, a pretty good showdown on the eastern side of the state. I always say uh, football in the AA for the state of Montana is always better when a team from Great Falls makes noise. I don't know why. I liken that to the NFL. The NFL is always better if the Cowboys are good or the Niners are good or the Steelers are good. There's just certain teams that make Make it better. And right now, Great Falls is, is a team no one wants to play because the wrestlers, they, they, they'll kick in your pants and they'll punch you in the throat all in the same breath. It's a good game that I'm um, going to watch again tonight after Sentinel uh, plays because, to me, coming out of the East, th- th- those are two teams you don't want to see, but having them play against each other is a great classroom to, 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 pop, a, uh, to pop a good zoom-in view on them. A couple crosstown games at the AA level as well. The uh, Flathead Braves and the Glacier Wolfpack square off in Kalispell tonight. And then a crosstown, only the second crosstown ever in Bozeman because Gallatin High's only been around for a minute. <laughs> Bozeman versus Gallatin tonight as well. I think the Hawks are an interesting team as well because uh, they always have talent. And uh, maybe that, that win last week over CMR maybe gives them a little boost in confidence. Um, but regardless. I agree. Yeah, I mean, your thoughts on Bozeman. Because I know Gallatin is... is fighting an uphill battle still as a new high school. But Bozeman, they could be a team that could be regular with them. I mean, they pushed Sentinel a little bit when the when the, uh, the Spartans played in Bozeman. Yeah, I think what, what Bozeman is, is kind of responding and reacting to is just what they've lost in their student body and by proxy their athletic departments uh, now being bracketed by two other double-A schools in the in the area. And I think that this year, their first two or three games, uh, and it's a word we both use today, Coulter, they just kind of came out sluggish. How do we adjust? Our numbers are different. Our philosophy has to be different. We're used to being the big boys on the block. And so they almost had to s- search for a new cultural identity in their own town. Um, so I think that once that the dust kind of settled from that perspective um they they got healthy again right around the fourth game of the year and uh now bozeman is kind of back to where they used to be and knocking on people's door asking if they can come in prep extra presented by farmer state bank a couple other key games around the state we always highlight hamilton because they're the number one team in the state and i know we have a lot of great listeners down in the Bitterroot valley but hamilton they play at libby tonight frenchtown versus stevensville the bronx continue to fight for their playoff lives Columbia Falls versus Whitefish uh, is another one of the big Class A games. 
Florence, they continue to roll. They took apart Loyola last week, 45-7. to and, Dismantling. Uh, they did, man. Florence is really, really good, man. They just seem like a team of destiny this year. And they have a have road... you watched them yet, Coulter? I have watched them. I watched them twice last year when those kids were all sophomores and juniors. So now that they're juniors and seniors, I can only imagine what they're like. Col- watching these kids fly around, like... To the untrained eye, so to say, it would look like they're just undisciplined kids just running around trying to play, you know, kill the man with the ball. They fly around so fast and are so assertive and aggressive. It's like watching wrestlers on hockey skates, if you get what I'm saying. That's a great analogy. Gotta love it. Nuana's now. Prep Extra, presented by Farmers State Bank. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take one more break, and we're going to bring you back Get you all prepped up for tomorrow's pregame show. Ryan Tutel and Rajim Seabrook will have all your information tomorrow from 11 to 1230 right here on ESPN Radio. We'll give you a couple last thoughts, both on Montana's game against Sacramento State as well as the game I'm about to cover, about two hours and 15 minutes away from kickoff here in Ogden, Utah. Coulter Nuanas live from Ogden. Rajim Seabrook live from Missoula. Keep it right here. It's ESPN Radio. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. I missed the game too, man. I don't know why he stopped producing music. He was so good. For those that don't know, since this is a you know hip hop review show, but more importantly, it is a sports show. The game is given name Jason Taylor, not the Miami Dolphins Hall of Fame defensive end. But he did play basketball at Washington State for a couple years. I saw the game in concert one time. Dude's like 6'8". I had no idea he was so tall, but uh, he's huge. Welcome back in. Nuana's now 1029 ESPN Radio, well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuana's coming to you live from Stewart Stadium here on the Weber State campus. A beautiful night here in Ogden along the Wasatch Front. And we're going to have a beautiful football game a little over two hours away. Montana State playing at Weber State. That's number nine versus number 18 in the FCS. A key Big Sky Conference battle. Appreciate Rajim Seabrook for being in studio while I'm here. He's in the Northwest Motorsports studio. Go check out Northwest Motorsport all month long. It's Trucktober. You can find rates as low as 1.99% APR financing. You can find Northwest Motorsport online, the largest inventory of trucks. Anywhere in the Pacific Northwest, just visit nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Come hang out with us tomorrow morning. I'll be rolling in a little late because i got to drive back from down here uh, after this game is over. But Ryan Tutel, Rajim Seabrook, Andrew Houghton, they'll all be presenting our latest ESPN College Game Day Twisted Tailgate. We'll be broadcasting to you live from 11 until 1230 a.m. 
right there at the Chamber of Commerce parking lot adjacent to the walking bridge next to the University of Montana campus. So come hang out with us. Badlander will be swinging, slanging some drinks. Twisted Tea has some samples and some swag and a whole bunch of other awesome sponsors down there showing off all of what makes their great local businesses great. And uh, Rajim will be there to help get you all prepped up. So let's finish today's Friday show with that, Rajim. I know you, you talked about what Montana needs to do after last week's performance, a 31-14 win over Dixie State that was somewhat lackluster for a variety of reasons. But what do you think of this matchup on Saturday with Sacramento State coming to town tomorrow? Well, I'll start on the strength of this team right now. We'll start on the defensive side of the ball. When I look at the starting five offensive linemen for Sac State, three of them combined have 28 starts. One of their others, uh, not the center, the other guard is a transfer from UC Davis, and their center has been their stalwart for the last couple of years. If I'm a defensive lineman, I start feasting. And if the defensive line can beat them up front off the snap of the ball, then the linebackers and DBs can go back to what they were doing, what they have been doing all year, but just to a higher efficacy rate. Um, that, to me, is going to be the key matchup on both sides of uh, both sides of the ball is where does our offensive line kind of rebound because much like uh, Sac State, we've lost two guards in the last three weeks. Uh, injuries continue to pile up, and we're still pretty low on the, 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 the depth pool of where our running backs are as far as, you know, horses in the stable. So, to me, those are the two big factors. And then... When I think about the back end, I think about some of the things we talked about at the top of the hour with some of these players. Uh, Pierre Williams, I don't care what Sac State's record is, this boy is fourth in the FCS with 476 yards, averaging almost a century mark per game. I like our DBs against anyone in the world, Coulter, but this kid to me is one of those quiet receivers that no one talks about until he burns you. And he's just, he's to me is one of the X factors that Sac State has going into this game. So if we can shut him down, adjust the dual quarterback threat between the runner versus the passer, I think that will be okay. Some of the keys that Sac State needs to do, get past that defense. Good luck. May the force be with you, and God bless you all in the same breath. And then just try to contain um, guys like Sammy Akem and whoever's coming out of the backfield. So that's my take on it going into tomorrow morning. Pierre Williams, first of all, I watched Sac State's game against Cal. And Pierre Williams is the best player on the field. He had eight catches over 125 yards. He scored a touchdown. You're right. He has quietly been. I don't know really know why it's quiet other than the fact that it's Sacramento State, so they don't get a ton of, of local media coverage. I mean, us, he's got, legit. Absolutely. He's so legit, man. I mean, he was a first-team all-league pick back in 2019. He is leading the conference in receiving right now. He was even good as a sophomore back in 2018 as well. And I actually think that with the exception of probably Eastern Washington, I think Sac State has some of the best receivers in the conference. And that's the number one question I have for Montana. Montana's going to do what they do each and every weekend out. They're going to try to swarm you. They're going to bring in an unbelievable amount of pressure. They're going to fully negate your run game. I mean, they're giving up like 1.7 yards per carry so far this year. But with the, with the amount of uh, pressure they bring, the amount of blitzes that the Grizzlies run, they do leave themselves vulnerable to big shots. Who can take advantage of those big shots? Well, you got to have a special player at quarterback like Eastern Washington did with, with Eric Berrier. I'm so interested to see what this dual quarterback system the Sacramento State is employing right now. How does that work? You know, how, how to, sometimes a guy has to get into a rhythm against a team that brings pressure like Montana does. And so will they be, will they be able to get into a rhythm uh, with the fact that there's going to be multiple guys that are playing for Sacramento State? But to me, the, the key storyline in this game 
more than any of the matchups of the X's and O's or any of that stuff is the fact that, on one hand, Troy Taylor, Sacramento State head coach, who was the Eddie Robinson Award winner as the National Coach of the Year back in 2019, he has only lost one Big Sky Conference game in 11 Big Sky Conference matchups since he took over at Sac State ahead of the 2019 season. So he's been exceptionally good against league opponents. On the other hand, uh, his coaching staff includes three guys who played for the Grizzlies, in Andy Thompson, the defensive coordinator, as well as Craig Paulson, the defensive line coach, and their tight ends coach as well, was also a former Montana guy. This is the 20th anniversary of the 2001 National Championship team for Montana, which Andy Thompson was a part of. So that's an interesting fold. This guy gets to go celebrate with his old college teammates in a place that he called home for a minute, but also he's the opponent. He's the guy that's going against the Grizzlies. So that's an interesting fold. But then to me on the Montana side of things, Montana it had been a long time since they'd lost down in Sacramento, and Bobby Houck had never lost in Sacramento, and he had never lost to Sacramento State. So what's the level of motivation? What's the level of revenge on that side of things as well? It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. When it comes to this game I'm about to watch here tonight, we're going to take a stop here real quick on the Grizz, only because we'll be coming to you with an hour and a half more of awesome analysis and preview tomorrow yeah. morning. So please, again, come hang out with us there. Chamber of Commerce parking lot. Ryan Tutel, Rajim Seabrook, myself, we'll all be rolling. And uh, we'll also have a post-game show following the game tomorrow as well. But here I am. We've got about two minutes left on this show. But I'm sitting here, Stewart Stadium, Ogden, Utah, Weber State, Montana State. This is going to be a showdown, man. This is going to be a, a good game. I think this is our two, two teams with similar mindsets, similar identities. So it's going to be an old-fashioned uh it's going to be an old-fashioned physical football game, a uh, fist fight, so to speak, and I, I'm looking forward Bare to it immensely. Brawl. Exactly, exactly. Your, any last thoughts on this one from, from Ogden, Rajim? Honestly, Coulter, I, I was just thinking this as you were talking. I I could care less about the game. I'm just looking about some. I'm looking at your timeline. I'm looking at the lack of sun and crazy weather that could happen. Just get back safe. <laughs> Missoula misses one of their favorite sons. Let's hang out next week. Let's have a good time tomorrow night. And uh, love the man you see in the mirror, brother. Let's go. Hey, appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for being there. This has been Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on a Friday. Rajim Seabrook was in studio. Also, thanks to Tommy Evans, Andrew Houghton, our production team, for getting us here on the radio. Missed anything in the show? You can always find it on the podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. About two hours away from the showdown, Montana State at Weber State. We'll give you all recapped up on Monday during Nuanas. Now, in the meantime, have yourself a great Friday evening and have yourself a great weekend. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 